There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. In this episode, I speak to Killian and Katie McLaughlin who run Wildlife Sanctuary Wild Ireland. You know, it's about showing people these animals in their natural habitat act naturally and that really leaves an impact on people when they leave, you know, and they have a fresh idea of, you know, conservation and animal welfare and that's that's what it's all about. That's the reward. That's the reward. Seeing seeing a shadow of a bear yeah. become a bear and act like a bear and then add it to that when you see the public coming and taking away with them this awe that hopefully will stay with them and when these kids grow up they'll be the next conservationists of the future yeah 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 Killian and Katie met in college when they were both studying law. They're now parents to Regan, who's almost two, and they live in Donegal. And in this conversation, we talk about their love of animals, their wildlife sanctuary, Wild Ireland, their passion for what they do and their plans for the future. But we also talk about the highs and lows of the past two years in particular, having a baby during COVID restrictions and Katie having to undergo major surgery. They're an amazing couple who have had so much to deal with, but are here stronger than ever today. Before I get to talking about you guys and how you met and your relationship and all the rest, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your childhood yes. and your love of animals. What was your first pet? My first pet was a hamster called Ben and uh, it, it really grew from there. Very soon I had snakes and budgies, cockatiels, rabbits, guinea pigs. And then as you start to get known in the local community for being that kid that takes in animals, you know, in the springtime, baby birds turned up in boxes and, you know, injured hedgehogs that had been hit in the road. And that kind of been, that became my calling to sort of rescue and rehabilitate these animals. I always had a massive bill in the vets that my parents <laughs> very kindly covered. And uh, yeah, the garden started to fill up. Um, and then the animals became more exotic. Uh, I got asked to rescue a monkey that people that had lived in South Africa had come back to live in they were actually living in the UK and then they were moving right. to New Zealand and they couldn't take their monkey with them so Susie came to live with us and, and what age are you at this stage? I was 18 when Susie came oh, okay. to live with us So like you know you've mentioned hamsters and snakes and different creatures and I'm not yeah. hearing a dog or a cat in the mix which well, we is had the kind the of dogs standard as well. Yeah we had the dogs and the cats <laughs> okay. they were there as well Yeah. And so I'm guessing that you come from a family of animal lovers Yes well mum was a big animal lover Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. dogs were her thing 
Great Danes in particular. We all, all right. Wow. Yeah, that mom had a relationship with the dog point in those days. The dogs had seven days, and then they were put to sleep. Okay. So they would call mom and say, "Look, there's a Great Dane here. She's going to be put down on Friday. Do you want her?" And then we would take her. And the intention was that we would find her a home or him a home, but inevitably they ended up staying. <laughs> so. So the McLaughlins were known in the community as okay. If you have a problem or you have some sort of animal in need, just pop them over. Absolutely, yeah. House and yeah. They'll, they'll sort Offload them. your problems, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Talk about Jack. I want to hear about Jack. Yeah, Jack was a jackdaw. He was a little uh, crow that was yeah. abandoned and um, inevitably ended up at our house. I was doing my junior cert at the time and when most kids were going home in between exams to study for the next exam, I yeah. was rushing home to feed this baby bird because he needed fed every two hours. So in between exams, I'd nip home and syringe feed him and then run, rush back to do the next exam. Uh, he came on great and believe it or not, he learned how to speak. Go Cr- on. Crows are very good mimics. Not a lot of people know that. I, I certainly didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> so he could he could speak and... Um, what are we talking? Hello, uh, what? He used to okay. shout what? I found out <laughs> in the garden and went, Jack, can you hear what? <laughs> um, really? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he used to follow me to school for two years right. he knew where my math class was and he knew what time I had math so he would land on Mrs. Brown's window <laughs> okay. and distract all the kids in the classroom and Mrs. Brown used to go over and pull the curtains and as she was pulling the curtain Jack would hop along with the curtain until there was a little gap and then he would stare in the gap and tap on the window and then I, that's unreal the, the, the sad this thing, is proper Dr. Doolittle territory yeah. isn't it <laughs> so that was that was from fourth and fifth year and then right. I went off to university then <clears throat> and poor Jack didn't know where I was so he still used to go to the school to look for me oh, stop. and I remember getting calls from the principal and the principal tell me tell tell Jack that if he wants to come to school he has to wear a uniform <laughs> uh, I used to steal kids lunches as well that was something that he was famous for he'd, he'd land on their shoulder and act really nice and then as soon as the sandwich emerged Jack would take <laughs> off with it so uh, proper yeah character. <clears throat> proper character and then RTE Nationwide found out about him so he had his own slot on Nationwide believe it or not the morning that the, the cameras turned up to film him he was nowhere to be found okay because he didn't live in a cage he was free yeah and uh, I was calling Jack 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 and you know the cameraman had heard about this crow that could talk and then they were like there's something funny here this kid's crazy yeah. <laughs> um, so they said I oh, will interview you we'll interview you and they sat me down in the garden and I started to tell them about Jack and then out of the blue he just came and landed on my shoulder and looked at the ah, camera stop. looked at During the camera and, yeah yeah he looked at the camera and said hello and sure that was it he was, he was famous after, the, after that yeah, yeah 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 you couldn't plan for that no so Katie you loved animals growing up as well maybe not you maybe didn't have like a talking crow <laughs> no I didn't have a talking crow <laughs> but you did always have a love and appreciation for animals yes I always loved animals we always had dogs yeah. in our house nothing any more I think exotic than that sure but the dogs were a part of the family so for me animals were always a part of my life growing up yeah you know, I always wanted a cat, but they wouldn't have gotten on with our dogs. So we never ventured even to get a cat. So well, do- dogs all the way. You've certainly made up for it in your adulthood. Yes, I have. <laughs> so anything I never had growing up animal wise, I definitely have now. In abundance. In abundance, yeah. Yeah. So talk about you guys meeting. How did that happen? So myself and Killian met in Blackhall in college. We were in the same tutorial group and we were actually friends first for about a year and a half, two years. And there's always a little spark there, I think. <laughs> and then just it just progressed and started going out and the rest was history, I yeah. suppose. I think when you're friends first as well, it makes a great basis for a relationship. Sure. You knew all the bad stories and everything before. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Who was brave enough to make the first move? I think uh, Killian was. <laughs> Hard to know though, Hard isn't it? Oh yeah, it just kind of naturally. There's always a bit of flirting, you see. It was, it were friends that had a bit of a flirt. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was yeah. never... So you both fancied each yes. other, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love it. You stayed totally quiet. <laughs> I love Kitty tell us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember. It was probably 2011 we met. Yeah. And then we started going out 2013. So. You see, Kitty's dad's from Donegal as well. So Kitty had a... They, they still have a house in Donegal. Oh. So we used to meet oh, up right, in okay. Donegal and go for dinner and... Then it just kind of was a given that we started going out. <laughs> because I remember um, I was up for the summer in Downings with my mum and um, 
we were chatting and over I went to the house because over to Bunkrana to Killian because I wanted to see all the animals yeah. and lo and behold I saw everything and there's actually pictures of me holding this huge 16 foot steak Burmese python Burmese python <laughs> and I still have that picture and it was just it was unreal I was in shock you obviously had no fear then oh no I definitely had the fear of oh, the snake you? oh yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was brave enough to hold it but I was just like please kill in keep the head away from me he's like you know it made any sudden moves or anything but. were you testing her a little bit going will she be able for, you know I like her but I don't want to make, make a move yet but I'm going to see if she's going to be able for this life <laughs> yeah you know that there's like a meme and it's like if your dog thinks you're the greatest don't don't seek a second opinion I suppose if your if your snakes thinks she's the greatest then <laughs> she's the one if she didn't if you didn't kill her she's she's the one yeah, yeah. but I mean I suppose like I, I couldn't have married somebody that didn't like animals you know they sure it just wouldn't have worked <laughs> it just would not have worked yeah you need There's, to have a little bit of bravery too yeah you do i think an animal can sense fear as well so if you have any kind of you know reaction they, they can sniff out your weakness and they'll know yeah <laughs> so i was definitely not going to show any fear around the snake and you're very much in in this together this is you know it's not just you have your life and you have yours you're very much a team in every sense of the word. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, if you'd have seen our house in the run up to Wild Ireland opening, there was there were wolves in the house. There's a lynx in the garden. Well, let's talk about Wild Ireland. So because yeah. you've just mentioned lynx, <clears throat> wolves, we know we have you've bears um, for people who perhaps are hearing about it for the very first time. Tell us how it came about. Yeah. So I guess when I was growing up, I had this like fascination with all animals. Don't get me wrong, but I had a particular fascination with Irish wildlife and you know when you're a kid and you're learning about African wildlife and Asian wildlife and they've all these big impressive animals and you think Gee, why does that why does Ireland not have all these big animals and just a glance through the books you'll hear that or you'll find out that Ireland had wolves in fact there were so many wolves here that it was once nicknamed Wolfland and that just blew my mind that we had wolves That's in Ireland because they were one of my favorite creatures um, and they only went extinct 230 odd years ago which isn't really that no, long you know yeah. and then if you go back a little bit further there were brown bears there were wild boar there were lynx you know lynx are big cats like not many people know we had big cats here in Ireland um, I certainly wouldn't have thought that yeah it's crazy to think yeah. crazy to think um, and what, it, what, what the country was like you know it was covered in woodland um, beautiful yeah. temperate rainforest temperate rainforest we all know about the tropical rainforest not so many people know about the temperate rainforest um and when you th and when you look at our climate and the rain in the context of a rainforest it makes sense yes. the forest is gone but we still have the rain um and some of the characteristics of a rainforest are that plants grow on other plants so if you go into a forest in ireland you'll see ferns and moss and algae growing on the trees that only happens in a rainforest with with high precipitation because it can't happen in a dry forest right. um and and it's a very rare habitat you know the Ireland obviously uh, the west coast of Canada um, New Zealand Tasmania and a, a, a little part of the far south of South America and that's really it you know it's a, it's such a rare habitat so um, I, I developed this love and then I found out you know I love bears and then I found out about the mistreatment around the world of bears particularly in Europe we've all watched Tiger King and we think this sort yeah. of abuse only happens in America and far off countries but it's happening right here in Europe bears are being abused in, in Western Europe as well, you know, in circuses, um, they're chained up, they're made to dance, they're made to perform. And and this idea started to develop in my mind of, of creating a sanctuary for animals that were once native to Ireland, putting them back in an Irish forest and educating people about them, that these mm. are the animals that we lost, this is the forest that we once had. And if we don't, if we don't do something now, um, we lose it all we lose our red squirrels we lose our badgers or pine martens and this is what we've lost already and i suppose it's a it's a it's a sort of a metaphor for the rest of the world ireland ireland is what happens when you don't look after your wildlife in your forests we're we're mm. we're we've lost it all wow you know so god that's really grim when you say it like that yeah. but it's also a very you know um it's very positive to hear what you're doing what you're doing um and what the domino effect of that will be in years to come. But when you say it like that, I did get chills like, you know, we've, we have lost so much of that. Mm, yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. And, you know, our ancestors had a great relationship with nature. Yeah. Um, they respected and revered the wolf. They called him Maktir, which is yeah. son of the land. Um, 
I believe that was that's like that's right when you say it like that Machida I didn't re- when you, obviously that's that's what it means yeah. yeah they respected and revered them and they didn't kill them um, it was when the British came across they put the bounty on their heads they wanted to clean it up but what was happening was there were big battles between the Briti- British and the Irish and when the British came to pick up their dead their soldiers the wolves were coming out and eating the dead bodies they were eating the carrion um, and the right. British British thought that the uh, Irish were or the wolves were fighting with the Irish so basically it was Oliver Cromwell he came he says right that's it I'm going to I'm going to sort these wolves out and he put the bounty on their head he put six pound on a female five pound on a male and that was back in seven, uh, 1653 so five and six pound back then was a lot of money yeah 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 but even then the Irish didn't take up the bounty they still respected and revered the wolf even though that was a life change in sum of money yes. they, still, they, they respected and revered the wolf but they also weren't allowed to carry guns so you had these w- professional wolf hunters come in from elsewhere in Europe and they were, they were killing hundreds of them and exporting their, their, their pelts to the UK um, the sad thing is that nobody ever thought enough of the wolf to preserve a pelt so we don't know what the Irish wolf looked like we don't know what colour they were it was kind of before the Victorian period where, they were, where there was taxidermy so nobody ever stuffed okay. an Irish wolf um, and yeah and they, very very quickly they went extinct after that and they have a knock on effect um, one of the best examples of that is Yellowstone National Park yeah. have you seen the documentary about Yellowstone yes. and the wolves and yes. what happened when they reintroduced them we're behind Yellowstone in that we have, we have a huge uh, deer population which isn't you know it's not the deer fault the deer's fault um but their numbers have expanded exponentially because there's no predator in the ecosystem and what happens then is you you know you get deforestation caused by deer they start to eat the forest Mm. there's too many of them they stay in the one place they overgraze it um and we in this country are are culling deer Mm. with guns which is totally unsustainable uh wolves when they hunt deer they take the sick and the weak animals out of the population and it leaves behind a very healthy population of deer so nature just doing its thing nature doing its thing but when you send yeah. a hunter out the hunter wants the big stag with the mm. antlers and he's the healthy guy so it's totally unsustainable um and in Yellowstone, and unnatural and totally unnatural yeah, yeah. so nature can balance itself if you bring the wolf back it, it they're the top of the ecosystem and everything else falls into place when you take them out it all just falls apart the ecosystem falls apart so we're, we're starting to see that now in this country where the ecosystem is starting to fall apart yeah wow um i mean and this is the thing with you i suppose and both of you are so um accomplished in your own rights but like you're a zoologist you're a conservationist you have studied the, you have your natural um i suppose affiliation with animals and connection and a love for it but also you have the backing of years and years and years of study yeah and and deep understanding you mentioned joe exotic there um and obviously it became one of those watch shows during during the pandemic like everybody was talking about have you watched tiger king and you know i started to watch it and i thought this is kind of mildly entertaining and then it became really grim and extremely sad mm-hmm. i found it very hard viewing um everyone involved was really tragic I suppose and then the poor mistreatment of of the animals but as you said that's not just something that happens you know away in America like you're seeing it is it happening here or is it happening as you said in areas of Europe what are we like in Ireland in terms of you know how we look after animals and what type of animals that people can keep because I have heard many stories of people keeping various different types of creatures in their back gardens in places where really the likes of big cats or whatever they might be shouldn't be they don't belong there and i mean the real victim in all of these stories including tiger king is the tigers and the animals uh believe it or not in ireland you need a license to keep a dog you don't need a license to keep a tiger in the republic of ireland isn't that mental that's mental but on the flip side of that so literally you can go in and i'm just going to buy myself yeah whatever a, a, a puma Yes, and take it home. Uh, yeah, no bother. But on the flip side of that, where do you go about buying one? You know, Ireland has some of the, you know, strictest laws when it comes... Our, our zoo licensing standards are really high, so it's not like you can go to a zoo and buy one, you know? Okay. So it's not really a problem. Even though there is a loophole there that you can do it, it's 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 really not possible unless you go to Europe and buy them there. So as far as I'm aware, I don't know anybody in the Republic of Ireland keeping big cats but there are other animals that people are keeping like reptiles in particular seem to be the big craze at the moment and there are people keeping big snakes and crocodiles and all sorts of things crocodiles crocodiles and caiman and alligators in their homes in their homes yeah yeah yeah. what like putting it in the bath I mean where would you put it it depends they're a big creature aren't they I mean I know they probably vary they can they can unfortunately when they're not kept properly they don't live as long or long enough to 
achieve their full size yeah but there are some idiots out there that think it's cool to have a big snake and show it off to their buddies and whatnot but you know again it's not it's not a massive problem here there are a few people doing it there are some people that are doing it really well as well you have to say that there are people that do look after their their animals quite Mm. well um but in Ireland, it's more the domestic animal abuse that you would see. Whereas when you start going into the onto the continent, then you know you're a little bit closer to Africa. It's a little bit easier to get that kind of wildlife, particularly. Then if you start going east, um, you know there's bears in Eastern Europe. There's still still quite a healthy population of bears in Eastern Europe, and they go out, they shoot the mum, they take the cubs, they they put a they put a, a ring in their nose. Bears are really, really sensitive noses. A lot of nerve endings there because they've got such a good sense of smell. They put okay. the ring in their nose. They put a chain in it and they tug it. And that's agony for a bear. The bear stands up. I've heard then that they'll put them onto a hot plate. So they put like a, a metal plate down with a fire underneath it. Oh, God. They put the little bear on it. And the bear lifts one foot, lifts the other foot because it's hot. And then if they put that to music... All of a sudden, you have a dancing bear. And then there's Irish people that go on holidays. They think it's cute. Oh, look at the bear. He's dancing. Let's give him some money. Um, God. And that's our, or one of the big, big things. And I hate, and I've seen my own friends post these photographs on social media. Uh, monkeys on their shoulders on the beach. You know, the, those mm. little monkeys, they, they, what they do is they take, they take dogs up into the mountains in Spain in particular, it's Barbary macaques. And we have Barbary macaques at Wild Ireland. They're, they're, big monkey um they're not an ape they don't have a tail but they are called barbary apes sometimes but they're not a great ape they're they are a monkey Mm. so in morocco um the barbary macaques are they're a bit like us you know they they make use of babysitters so they'll they'll take a wee break and they'll 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 get their sister or their friend to look after the babies yeah and they go off and they groom or they go and get something to eat and it's called allo parenting and barbary macaques are very good at that um but when the hunters or the poachers come along with their dogs, those babies that they're carrying probably aren't theirs. And they're like, oh, that's not my kid. I'm not going to risk my life. <laughs> so they drop the baby because um, it's not their kid. It's not okay. their And then the, the poachers, they chase them with dogs. They light the forest on fire. And then what happens then is the, the poachers come along, pick up the baby macaques, put them into a bag and then ship them into Europe where they're sold. Okay. Um, we had one at Wild Ireland. Nakando was his name, the most beautiful old man. That's just what he was. Just He was 24 when he arrived. Um and he'd been in the circus and he'd had his teeth ripped out so that he couldn't bite people. His big canine teeth ripped out. And that in itself is so cruel. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, you know, when you go on holidays, those little monkeys have suffered so much to get to that point. Probably for every one that makes it to the beaches in Spain, probably nine have died, you know. Um, And people get the photograph taken with those little monkeys on their shoulder. And a similar thing, you know, you see friends traveling abroad as well and they they get their photographs taken with elephants in Thailand. Elephants don't want you sitting on their back. No. To get to that point, they've probably been beaten with a stick. And, you know, these elephant sanctuaries, you really have to do your research before you go to these places and for photographs. And that's, that's one of the big ethoses of Wild Ireland, you know, that not only do I like do I, that like my attention was to educate people about the wildlife that we lost but also about the abuse that's going on um you know if people just think if 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 everybody that comes to wild ireland looks at these animals and just thinks for a moment you know like my bears can never go back to the wild that's a question that we get a lot you know why are these animals still in cages why can you not release them into the wild my bears don't know how to look for food they were afraid yeah. they were when, when they arrived Donica, the big male bear who weighs like nearly what is he but he must be 250 kilos he's massive he's yeah. three meters tall when he stands up he's afraid of grass when he oh. when i opened the gate to let him out into the big habitat that i created for him he put his paw out onto the grass and he retracted it immediately because it moved under his feet he'd spent his whole life walking on concrete and it's quite sad to see such a majestic big animal terrified to put his paws on earth on natural soil absolutely was- when he saw the big the swimming pond yes he was terrified he'd never swam before he had never experienced that depth of water and that's a what natural, is all natural things natural for a bear, for a bear. like if you think of bears in the wild how they hunt salmon like swimming is just second nature to them and to see an animal that had lost its natural ability to do so was very sad very sad mm. but if you've seen him now he's he's a different animal isn't he like he's he's in the water he's wrestling with his sister he's running around and he's just happy like he can just sense he's can't believe he's doing this yeah he's not in that little cage anymore but Mm -hmm. 
you know, as 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 lovely as it would be to take him now up into the mountains, he wouldn't have a clue how to how to hunt or survive. So, you know, he's he's a an ambassador for his yeah. wild cousins. And if if you know if, if if kids like, you can watch David Attenborough and show kids David Attenborough, and it's fascinating and fantastic to see on the TV. But there's a <coughs> big big difference in coming to a place like Wild Ireland and showing your kid a bear in the flesh like that 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 leaves an impression. You it know? hits home. I think it's 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 when a child can see an animal so visual in front of them mm. it leaves a much like a lasting impression on them I think and we don't have we don't have bars or glass between the public and the animals they're like they look at them across like safe barriers but there's no no glass or, or bars and like if you stand up Katie will tell you if you stand up at the viewing platforms and you, you see the little kids coming up and the, the bears are just right there in front of them with nothing between them and the bear and what's the reaction wow like, wow but mom <laughs> dad look oh my god a bear and they just can't believe it's so close to them do you know yeah. and if that inspires those kids in the future to to be conservationists and not be those you know people that are on on the beaches giving a tenor to watch a bear dance and stuff like that then at least then donica even though he can't be in the wild he has done something for his species that are still <coughs> there in the wild and you know inspired a new generation of conservationists and people that understand that the best thing to do is to leave those animals alone um or if you really want to see them, you know, go on a do a bit of research, pick a sustainable, ethical company that will take you to their natural habitats in a non-invasive way, um, and see them in the wild. Yeah, um, and that's the way to do it. And leave them alone. Leave them alone. Katie, for you, so when you met and a few years later you start dating, when do you finally then make the move? Because you're a dub, but you made the move to Donegal. I did. When yes. was that? So I moved up to Donegal in 2000 and was it 16. So 2016. So Wild Ireland was, at this stage, was a dream, a thought, it, you were planning it, but it hadn't been actualised till a few years later. So how involved were you in the process of Wild Ireland? So when I moved up, um, I started working in the law firm, so in CS Kelly, which is Killian's dad's practice. So we, I was working full time there. That's right. So let's let's talk about that because it's you're both obviously you met as you said in Blackhall. So you're both solicitors. <clears throat> so the legal side is a huge thing, not just in your in your in yes. your realm, but also in your family. So yeah, the family firm. So I was working there full time, and then I suppose in terms of Wild Ireland, um, it hadn't opened up yet, but the work had started. Mm. So I mean, it was being built, and everything was basically full throttle so we had some animals at that time when I'd come home on my lunch break and help Killian and we'd clean out the deer or we'd yeah, Fia, feed Fia was there and Fia. Finn was there yeah. Nisha was there so I mean Finn was the wolf and he was cub and I have a little Bichon myself Archie so Finn and Archie became best pals <laughs> and I mean I had a fear that Archie would um, make Finn more dog like and t- you know tame him down a bit but no it had the total opposite effect and Finn actually made my Bichon this doughty little lap dog into this ferocious wolf wantabe like he literally wanted to be a wolf Archie no would only eat the raw meat <laughs> and he played he so rough eating dog food. <laughs> and like I know Bichons my, my sister had two of them they're, they're, they're gorgeous <laughs> fluffy yeah like gorgeous little bundles so, so I Arch- can't imagine them being fierce, <laughs> fierce well, it's still howl it's still howl and ha- really yeah, yeah. and I have another smaller like it's a pooch on <laughs> Ellie and she's tiny and sure she's she never met Finn in person but Archie now is playing with her r- like rough and tumble so but then it came to the point then one day where, where Finn Finn got so big he picked Archie up in his mouth and we were like okay that's, that's enough of that <laughs> playtime <laughs> over sadly they had to be separated <laughs> <laughs> but then I suppose yes yeah, so back to your questions so I, I moved up to Donegal and um, I worked in C.S. Kelly, Wild Ireland was full throttle and then we were getting married that December. Yeah, so, I so that was 2018. 2018 and then also, yes, that was 2018. And then in terms of we were renovating our house, so there was a lot going, a on, lot going on at that time. Like, looking back on it, I'm kind of like, how did we do all that? <laughs> like, you know, it, it's crazy, but but it worked. So the house got renovated. Renovated, yeah. insulated. Yeah. There's actually a funny story. We had, I love animals, right? I adore them. But one thing for me, it's, it's boxes. We had three foxes and we had little orphans. Little orphans. They were gorgeous, tiny cubs, and I loved them, right? But they had to live outside. Okay. And we have a backyard that's kind of outside our kitchen. And because foxes are quite smelly, I don't know if you ever walk down the street, you can get the, the, the smell of a fox. Okay. It's very pungent. So there's no, there's no denying it, right? Okay. 
So we built this outdoor cage and had shelter and a bed and everything. And I was cooking my dinner every night for us. And the smell of foxes <laughs> were wafting through the kitchen. So what are you talking? I know like the smell I, of dog, but no, it's, it's, it's different. It's, Imagine a dog, but a million times worse. Okay. It's, it's a real fox strong smell. smell. It's very strong. Sometimes visitors to Wild Ireland will say it smells like cannabis or... Really? Know, yeah, it's like a... It's a really strong pungent okay. smell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the fox smells like a spliff. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Without the effect, probably. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. So I suppose that was the only animal, I suppose, that um, we had a few chats over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for you guys, I know that, you know, wild is key to this. You want to <clears> keep <throat> them wild in yes. as far as you can. And you've mentioned, obviously, Donoha, you know, came from an environment where, you know, fending for himself is not going to be possible because he just doesn't know how. But you want to try and help the animals to retain their wildness and their yes. natural yeah. way as much as possible so, and so not create pets out of them no like, exactly 100% no. No, absolutely and we do tell some funny stories about you know Finn and, and Archie Finn and Archie and that but they're, they're not dogs and anybody that yes. thinks that they can keep a wolf as a pet is just deluding themselves like they they were only they were only with us in the house for a short period of time because they'd been rejected by their mother in a zoo in the UK yeah um, and they were looked after really well they had really nice homes but um they live as a pack in yeah. the forest. We yeah. don't interact with them now. They're, they're, they live as a wolf pack. Uh, with Donica and Rianaka's sister, when they arrived, um, they, they... I love all the names. Yeah, the they're all Irish names. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we thought, right, let's take it back to basics. What do bears do in the wild? They don't pace up and down the fences. And, and that's what the bears did when they arrived. They, it was ingrained in their, their subconscious that we must walk up and down. You know, like when you go to a circus and you see the animals pacing, the bears did the same thing with when they arrived. So I said, right, we need, we need, to, we need to encourage these bears to start acting more natural. So what do we do? So we built, we basically created a habitat for them that's one big giant feed puzzle, basically. So we put in loads of rocks and big logs and rotten trees and instead of feeding them from a bowl like you would feed your dog or your cat we started to chop up the food really small and hide it for them so okay, we drilled yeah, holes yeah. in the logs like like they would look in like rotten logs in the wild they would rip them open with their big claws and they'd look for little bugs and grubs yeah. so we drilled holes in these logs and we put peanuts we put carrots apples a little bit of peppers. minced chicken peppers you name it and really quickly the bears stopped pacing they stopped their negative behavior and they started to do positive behavior so there's what we call species specific behaviors and foraging is one of those so now our bears we, we do that three times a day it's quite labor intensive but it's so rewarding when you see a bear getting up in the morning going out into the habitat into the forest and looking for their food just like they would do in the wild and like actually foraging actually and foraging yeah and 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 their heads are down their you know their their noses are being worked their eyes have been worked to using their paws they have to put their paws in under the rocks and feel around for some food and that's that's what they do and i tell you when it comes to five in the evening they want into bed they're exhausted you know they've been they've been climbing they've had to use their muscles to climb up the trees they've mentally been challenged then as well um, yeah i have a great team of staff there now at the start it was just me and one other member of staff but now there's a great team there and they, they put they, they, they dedicate their lives to these animals you know yeah. they really do it's not just a job it's a vocation and they they come up with some fantastic ideas of how to make the bears work and how to make them act naturally and that's what it's about you know it's about showing people these animals in their natural habitat act naturally and that really leaves an impact on people when they leave you know and they have a fresh idea of you know conservation and animal welfare and that's that's what it's all about that's the reward that's the reward seeing seeing a shadow of a bear yeah become a bear and act like a bear and then add it to that when you see the public coming and taking away with them this awe that hopefully will stay with them and when these kids grow up they'll be the next Conservationist of the future, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's amazing listening to both speak. Um, I just think, I mean, I have such admiration for what you're doing. But when you, you know, you speak about the bears at the end of the day, and they'd be, you know, they're they're tired because they've been working to get their grub for the day, and they must go and like maybe go to bed, you know, satisfied, feeling well. But you probably do too. You there must be a huge sense of satisfaction doing the type of work that you're doing, knowing that you're making. Uh, you know a positive difference and you're you're helping you're you're giving them back what they I suppose they should have always had but had been taken away from them giving that back to them is, is must be a you, lovely feeling you're never giving it all back to them you know right to give it all back to them would be to have a safe place where they could be free but you know 
but that's not possible they wouldn't survive and the other alternative is euthanize them which you know i don't agree with some people think they should be euthanized i I certainly don't so if we can get if we can do something but i i guess you're giving them a second chance you're giving them a second chance you know some quality of life um but yeah when i go to bed you know i'm always i'm always thinking about the next thing like we're we're up to our eyeballs in in a rescue mission in dagestan for with two brown bears there that are stuck in dismal dismal conditions so that's in russia that's in russia yeah 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 yeah. um they were abused bears that were rescued by a lady who has a dog and cat sanctuary so she was a bit like me she she rescues dogs cats and horses and then these two little bear cubs came along who do we give them to oh the lady down the road she she has a she has a a sanctuary okay irina is her name and um she took them in with a big heart uh she converted the stables into one stable for Boo. Boo's the, the biggest of the two. He's a big male brown bear and he lives in a stable. He's no outdoor access. And then Teopa, she'd nowhere for him. So he's living in an outdoor cage. It's sort of been roughly welded together. He's no shelter from the, like Dagestan's cold in the winter. It's really hot in the summer. So he's no roof over his head. Um, we raised some money for her to help her. Uh, she put a roof over his head and he, he's nothing else to do. So he just wrecked the roof. He, he put his paws up through the bars and he wrecked it. He's, okay. he's just bored. Yeah. Um, she can't. He doesn't have a water dish because she can't. She can't create something that he can't destroy. So she has to go down two or three times a day and just give him water from the hose. Oh, okay. She's doing her best, but the conditions are awful. Um, and we've been trying desperately for nearly a year now. It must be well over a year. Yeah, yeah. to get them out of there. Um, we sent her money to help her and then of course the war broke out in ukraine so now we can't send money into russia anymore yeah uh okay. it's just it's just a nightmare but that that's what occupies my brain and the next thing you know to, mm. let, let's keep going let's rescue more animals let's try and you know uh, save as many as, save as, we, many can. as we can yeah 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 so we're making some progress we're, we've a lot of the paperwork in in mm. order now we just need to lift home for them fair place Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You know what? We've, we've spoken so much about Wild Ireland and it is fascinating and we'll, we'll come back to it. But you guys yourselves, as a couple, as a family, what you've been through, blew me away when I heard it. <laughs> and... Um, Katie, you're sitting here today looking so well, so healthy. But my God, have you been through the ringer. Before we get to what you've been through recently, uh, you marry in 2018, Wild Ireland opens in 2019, and then you're pregnant and then COVID-19 comes to Ireland. Yes. Um, We're in lockdown. You are pregnant and heavily pregnant by the June. June, yes. And you have your baby. So first time being pregnant, it's, you know, it's scary enough at the best of times, but during a pandemic and during peak fear, so many unknowns, Mm. you were going in on your own to the hospital to have your baby. And unfortunately, enormous circumstances, Killian would be there by your side, holding your hand, helping Mm. you through it. You had to be one of the many partners who were waiting outside. Mm. Dropped her off at the door and sat in the car. 
I really feel for you. Mm. I really feel for you that you went through that. Um, and you didn't have necessarily a straightforward time either with it. So talk about no. um, going in to have your baby. Okay. So, well, I found out I was pregnant in the October, COVID hit in the December. And after a January, February, March time was meant to be the prenatal classes and, you know, all, all the, the learning that kind of goes into teaching yeah. you what to expect and all the rest of it. So I got one class behind me and then nice. COVID shut down all of them. And it was so new that they hadn't really set up the online courses or anything. It was just, you know, COVID had just hit. Yeah. So that was okay. Um, Google's a great thing. My mom, my mother-in-law, you know, I had loads of advice for, around me from family. But then scans happened and again, had to go in on my own. Um, I'd had actually a scare at the beginning of my pregnancy. So I was a little bit on edge with of course, the scans. I get that completely. So Killian would drop me to the door and he'd wait outside. My heart would be in my mouth, you know, wait, waiting. A guy, like you obviously think the worst and you fear the worst and you, do, you just pray there's a heartbeat and all the rest yes, of it. So yeah. th- thank God, luckily there was. So um, go in on my own, get the scans done, come out of the car and then we'd go home and that'd be it. Not only was it difficult for me, I think, I felt very sorry for Killian too because it's his first baby yes, yeah. and you're missing out on all the fun and the excitement of it. But anyway, the pregnancy then itself continued and June, I'd actually been booked in to be induced mm. on whatever the 22nd, but I went naturally myself on the 21st. But we were at home and I was like, oh, bit of a twinge here, bit of a twinge there. So we were lying in bed and Killian had the app and we were oh, the counting contractions. the contractions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Get to the hospital now. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh God, I have to have a shower and wash my hair. Like that, that was my main thing. So, um, <laughs> mad the things that go through your head. Like, I know. And I like, That's the important stuff when you're having a baby. I need to have clean hair. Yes. Oh yeah, of course. Because I mean, because that makes it all easier. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to the hospital, had my case and I could, I, I'd packed everything you could possibly imagine. Yeah, I way, get that too. Way too much. Yeah. But I had outfit changes for myself and about <laughs> 10 outfits for a vegan and anyway in we went to the hospital Killian dropped me off and I had to wheel my bag in myself yeah while you're while yeah, having a drag yes yeah. yes it's amazing what a woman can do isn't it it is amazing so up I went and uh, yeah just put into a room on my own and um, the nurse checked me and I'd actually I was three centimetres at that point wow and um, yeah so basically I just had to sit there got two Panadol Killian was out in the car Got so two bad, two paradox. <laughs> Thanks a million. That that that's helped me a lot. And <laughs> um, so, anyway, Kelly was in the car, and we were FaceTiming, and he couldn't come in until I was in active labour. Mm. But once you get to active labour, it's not even as bad at that point because you're going through all the contractions yourself, and you know you're sore and it's, you know all the rest of it. Of like, course, yeah. So anyway, eventually, anyway, Killian got to come in. We had Regan. Um, Killian could only stay for I think an hour and a half two hours after Regan was born so I was taken back to the ward all was fine and then I was holding Regan on my arms and I looked at him and he he started turning blue okay so of course I panicked yes and um, I called the nurse in and I was I had an epidural so I wasn't very mobile at that point yeah, still yeah so she came in and there was huge panic and um, they called the doctor down they took him into the incubator so I had to be wheeled out and into the into the the nurse's Bear station. Mind, she was on FaceTime to me, so I, I had to, on, yes. had to, I had to so watch had, this unfold oh on FaceTime. I was on FaceTime. My newborn baby, and he was. When and I say he was blue. He was he was blue. It was it was scary. And then the, the nurses started panicking, and they thought he wasn't getting enough oxygen. Okay. And at this point, I was just distraught. Again, you're on your own. You're hormonal. You're very emotional. Oh, you're gotcha. sore. All the combination of that and FaceTime and Killian. So, um. He couldn't come up. He really couldn't you know, come asked, up. Uh, you know, I asked, can I come? You know, no. I, we didn't know if what was going to unfold, but thankfully, it was, it was, thankfully, thankfully it was, it was okay. all right. And they got the actual got reason was he'd actually come out so fast. He'd been bruised. Okay. But the bruising was coming up very quickly after the fact. So his breathing was fine. It was just, it was a false so it was alarm. No, it was nothing to it do with oxygen levels. Nothing to do with oxygen oh, levels. Oh, so, wow. so thank God he was yeah, 100% absolutely. fine. Um, but I suppose that the stress of that the trauma, hour, the it trauma traumatic, of it, you know? yeah, like yeah, we yeah. still talk about it to this day yeah. and it was just horrific, but like... The and the same, helplessness probably yes. that you both felt <clears> in different ways, but like you speak about how, you know, you were doing your junior search and you're nurturing animals. So this, this, this instinct in you has been there since you were a young lad to mind and care mm. for 
you know, for these little beings that are in need. So this is your most precious little person in the yes. whole wide world. Yeah. And you are separated from that. That must be very hard for somebody like you. It was it was dreadful. Helpless is a word. Yeah. yeah, completely yeah. helpless. And, and you want to be there for your wife. You're nearly begging them on the FaceTime. Can I come? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's literally, lovely. it's your you're worst nightmare coming, come, it's unfolding before your eyes. What was happening? Oh God, guys! But thanks be to God, it was yes. It was okay. Yeah, he was um, okay. He was okay. It was normal. Mm. It was just yeah. They just didn't know what it was. And yeah. then I suppose then because now, because I had a natural delivery, I could go home the next day. Now I wanted to get home ASAP because I didn't want to be on my own. I wanted to get home to Killian. Of course. So I, I literally like you know checked. I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go home. So Killian came and collected me the next day. So I suppose even in that respect because of the pandemic an extra night would have done the world of good probably for me to be in hospital especially with Regan just with breastfeeding and all that kind of stuff that you need help with for a first time mum yes so I suppose I was happy to get home anyway at that point but in terms of COVID that's another knock-on effect that that had because I couldn't have Killian or anybody visit me yeah it's very it's very lonely you know when you're in a room on your own with this new little baby and yeah of course. you just want your husband with you of course the dad come here it's terrifying especially the first time around you've never done this before and in an absolute blink of an eye you have gone from just worrying about yourself or your partner to then being fully responsible for this little person I know it's unreal Uh, it's it is mind-blowing it's a huge transition that we go through yeah Uh, you know the first time you become a mother or father it's massive it's just huge and you're on your own on your own big time so I think myself and Killian had, as you say like Killian had nurtured baby birds and all that yeah. and then together we you know looked after the wolf and Fia so together we knew that we could we do could, this we could do this, <laughs> do this yeah. but a funny story and I'll you'll probably kill me the Killian great, the great thing about this. babies is they go to the toilet in a nappy whereas <laughs> animals go all over the floor so that's a, that was a wee bit I, I think it was easier was it easier easier because yeah, ah, well, yeah, no, hang on. No, do you know what we had Fia <laughs> we had Fia in our house and Fia had a, Fia's a red deer the red fawn deer. That, that was a, a little fawn that we hand reared and she had a spout of a, the runs yeah oh. I was going to say it a little more eloquently than that but yeah she had the runs and she was in our hall and I'll never forget she oh, just no. had an explosion oh, no. that's all anyway it, it, it couldn't be contained in a nappy so that, in that respect yes it was easier a lot easier yeah <laughs> babies are a little package and you can put it in the bin where I was handling but we were such like, we were, like, talk about first time parents and I know you're going to be like Katie stop don't tell the story but we had a notepad beside the bed and we'd check Regan's temperature yeah. and we'd say wet nappy and all that kind of stuff and it, that lasted probably two nights and then we were like this is totally we OTT noted it all time. but we noted everything <laughs> no no down. no that's totally normal yeah. but first time parents you just it's amazing how come here I, I, <laughs> I actually did that for both of my babies for a very long time oh very good okay. yeah yeah there yeah and we, I'm actually we do it for I'm animals a, as well I totally get that <laughs> yeah. so you're adapting right so you, you've had a baby in really difficult circumstances you're home but as you said you don't have the help of the midwives trying to you're trying to get to grips with breastfeeding whether it works or whether it doesn't all this kind of stuff right so all of that is happening and obviously you have the public health nurse who comes around to check on baby check in on you but at the three month mark is a big it's 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 kind of one of those checks where they really do check in with not just how is the baby doing developmentally and all the rest but how is the mother doing how are you coping with being a mother how are you finding postpartum Mm. and this was a massive period of learning for you and I suppose really it was a bombshell what happened yes yes it was so it was the September and I went for my checkup it was 11 weeks so after Regan was born and I went Regan had been checked so I went then to my doctor separately so we kind of went two separate times just with COVID and everything it was was easier to do it that way yeah so I went to the local GP and I had sore wrists or whatever so she did a full check and she listened to my heart and she said Katie um you have a murmur don't you know that so no I said no god I wasn't aware never been told I had a murmur so she goes all right it could just be a pregnancy um murmur it happens I think sometimes extra blood flow and she was but I'll send you off for an echocardiogram anyway just to be sure so off I went and got... that's a big shock to take that in mm. yeah even, even listening back now that, I know it's you know, giving me the horror uh, giving me the horrors because it just got worse from there so yeah. sometimes things happen and you know you always think the worst case scenario but it never actually happens but in this situation it just went from worse to worse to worse so I got the echocardiogram and I suppose I'm not going to get medical on it. I'm not a doctor, so I won't. I, and anybody listening, I don't want to, you know, say the wrong thing and then they 
panic about their own cells. But long story short, I had a dilated aorta. Mm. So it's the artery, artery yes, yeah. around your body. So that had dilated um, slightly. So that was causing a murmur. I so that's how it was picked up. I had no symptoms. I felt fantastic. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd come back to my pre-pregnancy, everything. And I was like, this is great. I feel, I feel amazing. Okay. So to get the shock was huge. So got the echocardiogram, came back with the results and the size of the aorta flagged up as being as something of concern. So then I was like, right, okay. I went down to Dublin and I went to um, a doctor down in Blackrock Clinic. He checked everything and transpired yes you have this it's called an aneurysm so the word aneurysm alone just yeah. you know sends you you know through yeah, the roof yeah. so the recommendation was come back every six months and we'll monitor you right. so it's a watch and wait no way to cure this aneurysm with medication or anything so it can only get bigger and i suppose if it gets to a certain point it can burst and if the aneurysm bursts the word given was you've three heartbeats and it's lights out. Yeah, the surgeon <clears throat> said this, you've three heartbeats to say goodbye. So so, so I went yeah. to a great sort of surgeon. It was a Professor Lars Nolke in Blackrock Clinic and yeah. he, excellent man. I met with him. So I'd gone to the consultant previously and she was great and she was monitoring me and she was like, um, Dr. Carter Kniff, she was like, Katie, um, yeah, it's at a point now I'd recommend surgery. So the blood left me because I was doing everything to avoid surgery. Yeah, okay. I just I didn't want surgery because in my mind, open heart surgery, I was going to die. It doesn't really get bigger than that, like no. no. And yeah. and like, I'm Miss Miss Google. I'll Google everything, okay. and of course, Google will give you the worst, worst case, case scenario. scenario. Yeah. So it was telling me all the risks of the surgery. You can have a stroke. You can have a heart attack. You know, all the rest of it. Oh God, I love you. So it was just feeding into your fear. Yes. The whole time. So anyway, to cut a long story short. It got to the stage. I needed the operation. Spoke to the consultant. He put my mind at rest so much. Yeah, it was fantastic. He was the really whole team excellent. They were unbelievable. Even the way he put my mind at ease about it. So I made the decision in January this year to go ahead and get it fixed. I needed to get my life back because it was taking over my mind. I was picking up Regan, and I was afraid I was going to burst this aneurysm. Yeah, Do you know. Yeah, and again. Uh, got a fix the 25th of February so I'm three months post-op now so I'm now clear to lift him up again and basically live my life no restrictions it was incredible Thank God. Like the, the bravery that Katie showed going through this you, you know and the fear that I had and the fear that she had and she just went in like a trooper and got it done open heart surgery it was incredible incredible it's an inspiration to see the way she handled it and the way she just bounced back yeah, and you, know. you, you sat here before we started to record and you showed some the of the scar, scar yes. which is healing unbelievably it's well. <laughs> when you think about it, such a short time Yes, to yes. have your chest opened, I exactly, suppose. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose for me, actually, the, the worst part for me was actually the year before the surgery. Was it? Because every single day it was in my mind. It never left my mind. What, the what if? The what if? What if I, will I have the surgery? would it be a success will I die on the table if I don't have it will it burst will I die anyway now I was being obviously worst case scenario doom and gloom but when you're told that that's the biggest risk that can come from this problem of course I was going to focus on that and I think also having a baby and looking at Regan I was like right if I postpone the postpone the surgery as long as I can if I do die at least he'll remember me oh god I know it's, but it's wow. very it's very grim like but yeah <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, like You're when right. you said that, it's uh, you'd want to be made of stone not to feel that. And as you said, like, you know, there you are, you're 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 a mom, you adore your little boy and you're trying to come to terms with this absolute bombshell of, of a diagnosis. Um, and, and it's I suppose you're, you, you must be thinking as well. What if she hadn't checked my heart that day? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I feel very lucky. Like I, I feel very blessed that it was found out because if it hadn't been discovered, yeah, and if I'd let's say gone on and had a second baby, because as you point, said, you were so healthy, mm-hmm. there was nothing that was going to signal yeah. you to get your you, heart those, checked out. Those doctors and surgeons are heroes in our house. Yeah, oh yeah, the heroes in our house. Yeah. So I mean, it was um, as much as a, or as much of an ordeal as it was. I really believe it was part of our journey, or my journey, and our journey as a family. Like it had. It had to be discovered. Yeah. If it wasn't, God knows what would have happened. Yeah. So I'm very thankful. Yes. And I'm focused on that. And that's why when I say the year before is the worst, the second I woke up in ICU, 
I could cope with any physical pain. I was like, it. it's over. <laughs> I'm <laughs> here. here. I'm alive. I'm around to, you know, annoy Killian for a few more years <laughs> and to be that mother-in-law to whoever Regan decides to marry. Um, but, you know, I just, the, my future was kind of given back to me. So. And is that it now? It's it's sorted. That's it. Fixed. Um, no restrictions. I can go and do whatever Isn't I want. Isn't that amazing? Yes. But it's even, oh, it yeah. It's wow, guys. Yeah. So, so I'm eternally so grateful for, for yeah. all the staff and the team in Blackrock Clinic because... Professor Lars Nolke, he is the hero in our house. Yeah. So, but thank God, yeah, you know, it's put it behind us now. And you're still, you're still recovering. I mean, it's going to, it's not going to, like, you, while you look incredibly vibrant and healthy <laughs> sitting here today, I'm sure that there is, you know, you know, you're still in a recovery phase. It's still a short time. Yes. You yes. know, your scar will continue to heal. Mm. And and I suppose like I, I have a different kind of scar. I have a scar on my neck from thyroid cancer a number of years ago. And I initially went from and it's I know it's, it's I'm not comparing it's smaller, no. but I love my scar. It's like your war wound. It's your story. It's part of your life. Yeah. And it's like I survived it. Do you know Correct. What? And if that didn't happen, yes. neither of us might be here. Exactly. So it's it's it, I'm so grateful for it. I know it's 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 the reason why we're alive exactly. I suppose yes. isn't it yeah. yes and you love it it's like it's, it's it's your it's your future in your life you just yeah. you love it like yeah yeah good so on you you understand exactly the yeah. exact same so I'm delighted you feel that way about it um how did you manage those negative thoughts when they came in as you said that year before it happened that was probably the the worst time because you're trying to decide do I go ahead with the surgery or mm. not and you're weighing up the pros and cons of either option how do you manage <clears throat> those when the when the thoughts get very dark or how is Killian you know for yeah. you in those situations because I would imagine when it got dark for you it probably went like pitch black yes well it's funny you say that there's how I coped with it let's say during the daytime you know when I was chatting I have one bit of advice my mom gave me actually and it's so true she was Katie you cannot think of two things at once you can't yeah your mind can only think of one so the second my mind would go down that rabbit hole I would think of something totally different. I mean, like anything. I would either go out for a walk and look at the sea or you name it. I'd, you know, do a bit of work with Wild Ireland. Anything I would do to take my mind off it. But then it could come to bedtime and your head goes onto the pillow mm. and you're alone. With your and, thoughts, you're alone yeah. and you can take it away there, Kellen. You, you know, that side of it, you'd hear. Okay, just, you know, it was an awful time for Kitty and all I could do was be there. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't console her. I couldn't, I did my best, but I felt really helpless. And, you know, you yeah. just hear crying and you cried most nights. Yeah, I did. I'd cry myself to sleep for a yeah. year. Yeah. Easily. Correct. Yeah. But just that, it was just the night time when you're low with the thought. Night time's the hardest, yeah. Mm. No, I mean, like, you handled it so well, though. <laughs> yeah, that's like quite a got through it, Every night you know? for a year. But no, I did. Like, you had to get up and push yourself. And again, I had this little baby to look after. And Regan was yeah. like, you don't get a chance with him no. he doesn't no. allow you to I no, suppose, and I suppose what I found <laughs> with the whole thing was even though it was the best time in my life it was mm. also the worst time they were running concurrently because Regan was crawling and starting to walk and you know saying mommy and, and mm. dada for the first time mm. so you ha like I had to compartmentalise my issue and put it separately Yes, and yeah. continue life with uh, continue living with that in the back in the background Yeah, but I mean it, it's it's still taking a while for it to sink in for me now that that fear is gone and it's no longer that monkey on my back you know monkey no pun intended yeah. animal <laughs> chat but you know what I mean like it's, it's 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 incredible that it's over but it was very difficult yeah yeah but, because we, I suppose we, we think automatically of the physical side of things but it's a psychological impact of going through what you've mm. gone through and, and it even, must be massive even what I noticed was that the physical effect of the psychological like you okay. could you could see the worry in Katie's face like yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah. you could it, it physically manifested itself in your face for that year you know she changed yeah you know yeah. you could see that worry that she carried in her face and it was it was tough like and it was really but difficult I, but she, she got through it and i'm really proud of her and it's very difficult to, to watch somebody that you love go through that and feel so helpless but i mean the way she handled it just inspirational and i suppose you know you asked me about killian and i suppose i genuinely couldn't have gotten through that year without the support of Killian because yeah. nobody wants to come home to you know a snivelling Susie every evening but Killian did and he was um, he'd always be upbeat or you know jolly along or you'd do stuff or you'd go for a drive on a Sunday and look we did of course like there was very happy times throughout that year sure. too yeah. but yeah no he was definitely my rock for the whole thing and I was very lucky 
very lucky you've been through so much in I mean I know you've known each other for a long time but I suppose in terms of you know getting married renovating a house building a, a wildlife sanctuary <laughs> um, having a baby during COVID then the scare you got just after his birth and then that to contend with wow like you've 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 been through the mill as awful as it was we're standing here today and stronger than ever and stronger than ever exactly, exactly. and just grateful yeah you know yeah. grateful and come here he's going to turn two as you said so was he born on the 21st yeah. he was he's born on father's day, day. Yeah. Uh, father's look day, it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never top that father's day present no again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he's born 21st of June so his birthday yeah his birthday's coming up great I, it's hard to believe he's nearly two yeah but it's a great age it's a great stage it's gorgeous yeah like he's very oh, life much changing Independent, Mr. Independent. I believe he has his own pets as well. He does. He does. <laughs> what does he have? He has a tortoise and two bearded dragons, which, <laughs> which he tortures and tortures us to go out to see them all the time. You know, you're sitting down and he's just been in from feeding them and then he wants to go see them again and he's pulling your finger. And he loves the dogs, but the poor dogs, he has them tortured. He just body plants himself on top of Ferrarty. <laughs> Karma for Archie with all the wolf play now. <laughs> but he does. He he just he just you know. And while the Ireland is such a great playground for him, you know, you can mm. let him loose and he goes running. He knows where the wolves are and he knows where the bears are. He calls the wolves owie because you know owie. Oh yeah. So they're owies and the bears. You can say bear now as well, which is really hilarious. But he has a great uh, he has a great playground. Isn't that gorgeous? You grew up in a family where animals were you know very welcome and that was encouraged and nurtured in you and now you're passing passing that on mm. to your son as well and perhaps one day he will take over the reins of Wild Ireland and continue yes. to grow it <laughs> as it goes um, I would imagine people listening because I, as I said to you I'm certainly one of those where I'm just going onto your website going okay I need to get tickets we need to organise some time to head up to Burnfoot and uh, and check out Wild Ireland the website is wildireland.org okay and you can get your tickets there um, obviously summer it would be a busy time as well for you fingers crossed yeah this is our first summer now without COVID around so we're really hoping yes. that we can open the doors properly and allow hopefully a busy summer yeah, yeah fingers yeah. crossed and you did a series for RTE when you you were you were uh, nicknamed the the bear man of Bunkrana, which is a stroke of genius. <laughs> um, and you're currently filming series two. Yes, yes. And How's that uh, going? It's going really well. Shane Brennan in Moondance is unbelievable at making documentaries, and he's so committed and so committed to the the story of Wild Ireland, and he's he's spared no expense he's had a cameraman in Dagestan and everything filming Boo and Teopa oh, in situ really? so yeah the, the second oh, wow. series will not be finished until we get the Bears to Ireland but it's centering around that whole story and the story of Wild Ireland and how it's sort of, it's going to be it's going to be amazing it's going to be unbelievable when um, will we see it on our screens good question Whenever all right the, okay we have to we have to get these autumn bears to spring yeah. we don't know yet hopefully sooner rather than later yeah, yeah but i know documentary style programming does take a long time it does yeah, yeah to yeah. do it right yeah, yeah um so yeah so look <laughs> i mean the obvious question is plans for the future but i mean you're constantly trying to grow and develop what you're doing and you've explained that brilliantly already with wild ireland you've been through the mill so you're you're recovering and healing um and now you're able to pick up your baby boy again i am yes the first, yeah, because yeah, I haven't picked him up in three months and I noticed the, the weight of him now. He's yeah. just, you know, <laughs> he got big, but it's lovely because he'd, it's lovely to give him a cuddle and a proper hug, yeah. you know, so nothing like a hug from your little boy. So it's great. And I feel stronger again now and everything. So hopefully we'll have a quiet life now. Well, I know, no I know. Drama. We break now from all that drama for a while. So. Yeah. You're amazing. You're both amazing people. And Katie, listening to you speak is really blown me away um, and I'm so delighted for you that it was discovered and that it was sorted and that you're here healthy and well and continuing to heal and recover every day and Thank move you. ahead um, I'm really excited I'm so privileged that you travelled here today to have this conversation Thank you um, for having us I can't wait to check out Wild Ireland myself with my family and I can't wait to see the new series whenever it appears on screen so thanks a million for being here oh, Thank you Thank you so much a pleasure 
Series 2 of Return of the Wild, The Bear Man of Bunkrana will be broadcast on RTE in the coming months. Keep an eye out for that. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with friends, family or on social media. And you can support the podcast in all the usual ways by clicking follow, giving a rating or leaving a comment. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Ready To Be Real. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.